everybody. How you doing? How you living? Justin Treese is trying to give me a 3-2-1 like five different times for us to get started. And I'm just going to sit here and stare at him because that's exactly how uh, we started our initial call before we started recording. Just kind of sat there and stared at me. It was like, you're talking. I can't hear you. But here we are. Uh, we're going to preview week 15 of the NFL season. Like Treese ended it uh, yesterday's episode, like, holy smokes, we're already at this point in the year. It's almost over for the regular season. We're going to be heading into the playoffs soon. Then the offseason, NFL draft, free agency, just it's going to be an exciting time here these next couple months as the season ends and we begin to look forward into next year. I know a lot of us are already looking into 2021 because 2020 has been a crazy year. But, Trice, before we even get into previewing everything, I look at our uh, overall records. Now, the player prop bets, might as well say goodbye to that one. That, that's gone. You're 10 spots ahead of me with a 45 and 38 record. Uh, and mine's the exact opposite of a 35 and 48. So you love to see that. Um, but when you look at our spread records, I'm only two behind. I'm doing a little catching up. Yeah, you caught up one on me last week. So, um, and a couple were very close. Like I barely, barely won some. So, uh, yeah, only up by two right now. But I have this gut feeling after this week I'm going to be up by about six. Yeah, you've been saying that quite a bit the last couple of weeks, and uh, hasn't been happening there, pal. You're talking a lot of shit for still being down. I ain't talking shit. I'm just talking truth. I'm a truther. You know, that's what they call me. They call me a truther and a Mr. Fairway when I golf. But let me tell you, I'm never in the right fairway. I'm just in one of them. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just what I say when I play with people that I've never played with, so they're not just like, God, this guy is trash. They eventually realize I am, in fact, trash at the game of golf. But I love to play it. It's a fun thing. It's fun. If I'm going to waste my money on something, I might as well be trying to be good at golf. So, <laughs> Anyways, Trish, how you doing, dude? Dude, doing well. We, we were just talking, you know, before the episode. We are actually kind of being a little bit of douchebags to each other and i don't know why we, we never are but for some reason we're just giving each other attitude today it's <laughs> gonna be one of those nights so guess so guess, i guess we'll just get into this huh might as well let's do it with our little <laughs> passive aggressive asses uh our first game uh which is tonight the los angeles chargers traveling to las vegas to play the las vegas raiders where the raiders are favored by three now within this matchup honestly I don't have a freaking clue what's going to happen. And I said this the other day on radio, and Trace, I want to say it to you too, that you know the, la- the thing that I've been preaching a lot the last couple years is you know every time – or excuse me, every season when we hit about that week six, seven, you know, week five, six, seven point, we kind of have a rough idea what these teams are um, and who they are at that point in the season and how the year is going to look for them. I feel like this year we don't. Like even up to this point, we got the Chargers and the Raiders. Are the Chargers going to throw the ball all over this defense? Is Austin Eckler going to tear it up? Or is Josh Jacobs going to have himself a heyday against this defensive line and Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar somehow beat the Los Angeles Chargers defense? It's just a question mark. Raiders are favored by three. I'm going to take the Chargers, though. I also am going to take the Chargers. Uh, Jonathan Abrams out with a concussion. Arnett's out with a concussion. Uh, Cleland Farrell is out with a shoulder. And Morrow is out for a, with a concussion. So that is four starters on the Las Vegas Raiders defense that is out. Uh, it sounds like Mike Williams is probably not going to be able to play for the Chargers. 
Um, Eckler and Allen are questionable, but I think that's more than just playing it super sick because it's a Thursday night game. So I'm also going to take the Chargers. Uh, this is completely a Austin Eckler season type game where he is going to just go nuts in this game. I just have this gut feeling here. I think everybody else does. Like with that many starters missing and you have somebody as versatile as Eckler, like, you know, thing, only good things can happen. So absolutely. I'm taking the Chargers as well on the road on Thursday night. Bingo, bingo. Now heading into not even Sunday. It's Saturday. The Buffalo Bills are set to play the Denver Broncos. We get a doubleheader on Saturday. This is the first one. It's going to be at 3.30. Me looking at it, I'm assuming this is central time for where I'm at. So where you guys listening, check your calendars on the time because I shouldn't say 3.30 because who knows where you're listening from. But anyways, thank you for listening. Looking at this game, the Buffalo Bills are favored by 6.5. And and I'm going to roll with it. The only concern that I have or question mark with it uh, is what does Drew Locke look like th- this week? He's got 13 touchdowns and 13 interceptions so far on the season. But, like, shit, last week he just threw for four touchdowns. So you never know what Drew Locke you're going to get week in and week out. And hopefully it's one of those things where that relationship that he's building uh, with Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler continues to develop along with Jerry Judy and the Broncos can be good. I'm sitting here talking about the Broncos, but, like, the Bills are just going to wallop them. The way they're playing right now, the way Josh Allen is playing – they're just going to eat these guys alive. Yeah, absolutely. You just hope that the Bills don't have that letdown game after just beating the Steelers on Sunday night. Uh, yep. You hope they don't. I don't think that they will, though. I also am taking the Bills. I think this. I think that Diggs has another huge game. Um, and for the Broncos, yeah, you're right. Like Obviously, Drew Locke had an amazing game last week, but... I just think he's so inconsistent that you're just not going to know what to get in, game in, game out from him. Uh, love that you're bringing up you great uh, Tim Patrick. So uh, he's been having a fantastic year this year. Um, it's actually really funny because out of like all of the wide receivers coming out of the Utes in the last like five or six years, like you wouldn't have thought Tim Patrick would be the one that's having the most success. Um, Who is the one that you thought would? <clears throat> Um, I don't know. So Drez Anderson, like a few years ago, was a stud for the Utes. Um, and there's been a few others, but like Tim Patrick was always like a, a starter, like always like that number two guy. Like he made good plays and everything. And but like you just didn't see the separation in college, and so you kind of just didn't think that anything would be like come from his career. And man, he has just been an amazing fit for the Broncos. He really has been. Uh, let's get into our next Saturday game: the Carolina Panthers traveling to. Green Bay, Wisconsin. And here's the thing with the Packers. They're playing a very beat-up Carolina Panthers team. DJ Moore is out. Christian McCaffrey is is very highly doubtful. Um, and then their offensive tackle and some defensive players are also questionable with it. But then you look at the Green Bay Packers, in their injury list is just pretty much questionable. They're healthy at this point in the year. And that's what you want to see if you're a Packers fan. It's a good spot to be in. With Green Bay, they're favored by eight and a half right now. That's great. I'm going to take this as well because I just think Green Bay's defense is going to be able to slow down this Carolina Panthers offense, especially if they're missing DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, the Smith brothers are going to have a heyday in this matchup with the beat-up offensive line. And again, no Christian McCaffrey yet again. Um, So I'm also going to take the Packers here. Eight and a half is a lot, but I just – 
I mean, look at what the Packers are doing lately. They, they're they just looking fantastic. We talked about it last episode, how I had literally one of their players in every single of skill group in the top five. So um, I just don't see any way the, the Panthers can hold up. I mean, for the Packers, like you have Jair Alexander, you're going to just go, okay, you go up against Robbie Anderson. Shut him down. No DJ Moore. Now it's just, it's just Curtis, Curtis Samuel. And then you just say, now we have to focus in on Mike Davis. Just shut him down. If you shut down Anderson and Davis, you know you're winning the game. So just yep. focus in on the run game. Let your stud cornerback shut down their number one, and then there you go. So uh, Packers for me all day on that one. Perfect. And it's going to be a cold game as well. It's supposed to be 36 degrees in Green Bay. So yikes on that. And, you know, Looking at the way the Green Bay Packers have been playing lately, it's it hasn't been bad. So you love to see that for them. Uh, they've got one loss out of their last five games. The Packers are freaking rolling, baby, and they're going to keep it going this week as well. Next, though, let's get into those Sunday games. And the first one we're going to go over now is the Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I'm sorry, Jacksonville. I'm sorry, Treese. Lamar Jackson doesn't have diarrhea this week. He's about to kill your Jaguars. Baltimore's favored by 13, taking it all the way. Oh, 100%. You know what Sorry, dude. I'm. This This is what we want. We want to get our <laughs> Get out of here. Right? Hey, get the whole coaching staff out. You know, GM's already gone. Like, you know what you're going to get uh, this moment that the season ends, which is what we're hoping for. So, uh, huge huge running game for the Ravens like I mean they've been rushing for what feels like two to three hundred yards the last couple games against like the Cowboys and the Browns like they're gonna rush for 350 400 in this game like it's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare like I I legit fully expect for them to have three players with over 80 rushing yards in this game holy shit well it's gonna be possible when you're sitting there talking about the Ravens um you mentioned the Jaguars though getting ready to fire everybody they've already fired their general manager that's you know public knowledge of course already for the last couple weeks but coaching staff Doug Marone you want him out do you have a replacement in mind oh I 100% want him out and I like him as a person don't get me wrong here but like yeah things need to change like he this is his I think fourth or fifth season now and every year except for 2017 when they went to the AFC championship game they've had 10 losses like, how are you still a coach? Oof. Uh, I was not aware of that. <laughs> Yikes. Holy shit. Uh, let's get into our next game and get away from that uh, that negativity because we're all happy here today. We're, we're being nice to one another, and we're going to try and do the same thing here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the Falcons as Tampa Bay is favored by six. Honestly, I don't know on this game. But it is in Atlanta, so they are in the Dome, which is good for Tom Brady um, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at the same time, it's like, has Atlanta been that bad the last couple weeks? Because Tampa hasn't looked that good either. In saying that, I am going to take Tampa um, to win this game. But I think I'm going to take the Falcons to cover. And I say this now, today. I'm probably going to regret it after watching the game on Sunday, though. Interesting, because I thought about it, right? I thought kind of the same thing you were, but then, uh, and I'm like, is it because I faced Tom Brady and Gronk in my fantasy playoffs that I'm letting that skew my brain a little bit? I think <laughs> I am. So I'm actually going to take the Bucks here, um, 
but I also 100% see where you're coming from. So we'll see how this one plays out. Uh, Ronald Jones got put on the COVID list today, so there's a good chance that he actually doesn't play. So it's funny that I made fun of Leonard Fournette last week, and now he may be the workhorse this week. So um, see how that one goes. But um, I'll take the buck, so our first difference um, this week. Uh, let's go over to the Niners and the Cowboys. Uh, so this was actually supposed to be the Sunday night game, and it got flexed mm-hmm. out last week. Um, Thank God. But the funny thing is, is it got flexed out for the Browns and Giants, and now the Giants look like shit again. I guess I forgot that it was the Browns and Giants that were put in the replacement game. I mean, it's still going to be I think it's still going to be a better game than what the 49ers and Cowboys would have been. I think they should have done like looking at the schedule. I think they should have done. Um. Texans Colts could have been a good one just because you get Deshaun Watson. Uh, it might be ugly, but Bears Vikings just you—you you have a rival game there. Yep. And Eagles then, Cardinals would have been a fun one. Jalen Hurts being the starter, yeah. like even at this point, like they're both still in the race for the Eagles are still in the race for their division, and the Cardinals are on you know fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, that was before they flexed this out before Hurts uh, became the starter, though. Or I think they probably yeah. would have considered that. So, um, but I mean, there's not a t- there's not a lot of games you could have because because of the two Saturday games as well. That kind of really dampens your options there. But anyways, back to the game. 49ers Cowboys. Uh, Kittle got designated uh, return from IR today. So uh, he actually has the ability to play this week. My guess is they don't play him this week and try to play him next week. Uh, just let him practice for a few extra days. And Cowboys, man, they've looked so bad lately. Uh, Fred Warner, don't know if he's going to play or not. And that's the big thing for me. Like he is the guy that kind of leads that uh, that Niners defense in stopping the run. If he doesn't play, I actually could see the Cowboys putting up a fight here. But uh, I'm still going to go with the Niners, though, even without Debo, probably without Kittle. I mean, man, it's crazy that I'm taking the Niners here now that I'm thinking about all the injuries that they still have. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of exactly what I was thinking with this. Um, And I just I'm going to take the Cowboys, but I'm not I'm not in a mindset of like, oh, man, this is a solid pick. Definitely getting a win on it. But it's just. Like you mentioned, the injuries that are there, the questionable injuries, like it's exciting to hear about George Kittle being lifted off the injured reserve uh, for practice or being designated, I should say. But we've been waiting for Zeke to explode all year, and, we, and it literally just hasn't happened yet. And it was a question that I brought up last episode, too, um, and last week with you. It's just like, what's going on? And you brought up that he's been battling an injury himself. Maybe this is the week he just explodes. And, and hopefully so in terms of fantasy for me because I need him to fucking do something. I'm, I'm in a fantasy league, and I finally make the playoffs. I've been in it for four years. I finally made the playoffs, and then I played the guy who's won it the last three years in a row. And I was like, son of a bitch. I beat him by three points just because the Ravens struggled to score early in the game and Justin Tucker didn't get as many points. He only got nine. They needed 12 from him. I lucked out. So I moved on, but I need Zeke to have a big game. Please hear me, Zeke. Have a big game. Get me to the championship game, please. 
Um, also, Niners are favored by three. I forgot to mention that. I just said Niners versus Cowboys. Yes. I just realized that. So they are favored by three there. So even, hey, Niners can still win, and uh, you can still win that bet. So uh, moving over to the Lions at the Titans. Uh, obviously, the biggest question is, does Stafford play? Um, if he does not play, you can see why the spread is 10 and a half. Uh, if he does play, do they have any way of competing? Uh, for me, I think this Lions defense is just missing too many pieces and also, frankly, just not that good. And I think that the Titans are now on a roll. And uh, I think I think the, the Browns woke up a beast <laughs> um, in the Titans yeah. by, by beating them. I think that that honestly is like the worst thing that could have happened for the AFC right now is just now now the Titans are ready. And uh, I'm going to take them. So uh, Titans win by 11 points. I'll take it. I mean, I think I would have taken that anyways, because you brought up a fantastic point with the idea, or not even idea, but with the statement of the Browns awakened a beast. And I'm terrified of the AFC South, you know, like not just as a Chiefs fan, but like in general, like the AFC South is going to be scary in the playoffs because of how well they're running the ball. Derek Henry with the Titans, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines with the Colts. And then the receiving weapons that explode for both teams as well. It's hard not to pick the Titans right now. And let's take this over into our next game. The the Houston Texans playing Indianapolis and the Colts. Colts are favored by seven. I'm taking that. The Texans don't have any chance of stopping them. Excuse me. I don't know where these hiccups are coming from. It might be the pizza that I had for dinner. Great thinking on my part. Uh, the Texans don't have anything on offense, and their defense clearly can't stop anything. Like, they couldn't stop the Chicago Bears. Their offense couldn't score on the Chicago Bears. Like the Colts are going to have just as good a performance against the Texans as the Bears did, honestly, if not better. Now, the Texans might score more, might put points on the board, but I don't think that is going to matter. I expect the Colts to win by, like, 14 points, two touchdowns. They're going to blow them out of the water, or they should. They should. And uh, I just know how crazy AFC South games can be. So I'm actually going to take the Texans to cover this game. I still think the Colts win. Still think the Colts win. Uh, But I just think that Deshaun Watson does just enough to keep them them close. Keep it to a one-score game. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And that's, again, why it kind of makes perfect sense. You're adorable. Thank you. You really think the Texans are going to stay in this after the game against the Bears? I Yeah, I do, actually. I'm being a douche. I'm sorry. You're not being a douche. I mean, You, you know the question- AFC South. You, you know can- the AFC South better than all of us. You, you can question it all you want because, again, like, I'm questioning it. It's just like it's one of those gut feelings that I have that Deshaun Watson, I feel like it's been a few weeks since he's had one of those, like, Shit, that's why Deshaun Watson got paid all this money, and that's why he's or should be in the top three discussion of top three quarterbacks, right? And I, I just think that this is one of those games. I think I, I get it. I'm not. I'm. We're clearly not agreeing on it, though. Uh, <laughs> let's get into this next game. Maybe we'll agree on this one. The New England Patriots are playing Miami, and the Dolphins are favored by two and a half. Uh, a lot of big named players. For the Miami Dolphins are considered questionable right now with Mike Gusecki, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Kyle Van Noy did miss last week. Gusecki went down with an injury, uh, and Devontae Parker kind of, I think, removed himself from the game a little bit as well uh, there towards the end. 
you're the Dolphins, though, and you're playing the Patriots, like, this is a division game, but you have so much more to play for. Like, this is your opportunity as Brian Flores to, I know you've already earned the respectable Belichick, but to almost have him know that, like, this is always going to be a competitive matchup. And I know how to slow down the New England Patriots, and we're going to continue to do it. And if you're the Dolphins, you want to make it a habit of beating the New England Patriots. You're going to have to do that here. Like, you really are. So I am taking the Dolphins. They're only favored by two and a half. They can win by three. Yeah, sign me up for that. Because the New England Patriots are either going to run the ball down their throat and slow them down, which if you watched the game last week for the Dolphins, it's kind of hard to run on this defense. Passing the ball, if you're Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter who the defense is. Good luck. Cam Newton, though, yeah, Dolphins are about to have themselves a heyday. You can't even say Patrick Mahomes. They had three interceptions on them last week. Like, this Dolphins defense is the real freaking deal. Hell, they might win by 10. Honestly, Patriots stink. I actually think they win by more than 10 in this game. I think the Dolphins absolutely destroyed them. I mean, the Patriots offense can't do anything, it seems like. And I, I feel like there's like one game every like five or six weeks that they look like, oh, wow, this offense can be good. And then it's just complete garbage. And against this defense, like you said, they are fantastic at stopping the run. And they'll pick off anybody that's throwing the ball. And Cam Newton can't throw the ball anyways, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so uh, I am also going to take the Dolphins to cover this. I think that this is a um, actually, honestly, a pretty easy win here. Yeah, it, it at least it should be. But, you know, with the Patriots – They've clearly chosen that they want to be the dream wreckers this season. Uh, so there's games where they come out and they dominate and they play well in games. And then there's other games where they just poop the bed and you completely forget about or think that they don't know how to play the game of football with how poorly they play at times. Our next game, the big division rival between the Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings, who sit at the same record of six and seven. Dalvin Cook is having himself one hell of a year and David Montgomery is as well, um, has a quiet 760 rushing yards. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but with his style of play lately and him wanting to dance behind the line of scrimmage so much, it's nice to see him finally kind of get on track and get things rolling and find himself in the end zone. Minnesota is favored by three, and I am going to take him. I am going to take the Vikings here. The defense for the Minnesota Vikings has kind of awakened in itself uh, the last five weeks, and they've had a lot of close games. You look at Chicago, they got one win in their last five. Minnesota, three and two. Now, the difference in those schedules and losses is Minnesota's loss last week to Tampa Bay, they should have won that game. It was what we discussed yesterday when we were reviewing week 14. Now we're previewing week 15. If this kicker can make field goals and Dan Bailey, you're going to blow this team out of the water in the Bears. But... Also, we don't know what type of Kirk Cousins we're going to get. He has been good this year. One of those guys that not a lot of people are talking about either. And Mitchell Trubisky with the Chicago Bears, which which version we get in this week? Ultimately, that's the real question mark. We're going to get the one that wins some fantasy playoff matchups. Is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm taking the oh. Bears to win this. Uh, I think that I think they beat the Vikings. I think that this pa- this pass rush for the Bears is going to cause havoc on Kirk Cousins. I think that he isn't going to know what to do and probably force some balls and get a few picks for the Bears. And then you brought up Montgomery. Uh, I think he's second in the league in rushing over the last three or four, ga- four, four games. I think only behind Derrick Henry at this point. That's just because Derrick Henry had a 225-yard performance last week. If it wasn't for that, he'd be leading it. It's actually... 
I think the top two running backs, are, like if you go over the last four weeks, mm-hmm. it really is Montgomery and probably Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor. So yeah. Um, so I'm going to take the Bears. I think that they have this confidence in them now that after going and beating the Texans the way they did, I think that things have turned. Um, and Bear fans, Bears fans may not like it, but I think they're going to get enough confidence to win some games this year uh, to end the year. They may not make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be on a high note that uh, I don't think that they fire their head coach or their GM or anything, and they go into next year the exact same. Yikes. Uh, I think they should keep the head coach. And you got to find him a new quarterback, though. You got to find him a quarterback that he can actually trust. That That's going to be the difference there. Um, ultimately, that's just my opinion on Matt Nagy. I think he can have a good year. We saw his you know, first year with Mr. Trubisky and how well he played. I mean, Trubisky ended up as a pro bowler. And then since then, it's just gone downhill on his inability to get better. Our next game, though, the Seattle Seahawks are playing – the Washington football team, Seattle is making this cross-country trip. Uh, we've seen this kind of hurt them throughout the year, especially with these type of matchups from coast to coast. Seahawks are favored by five and a half, which is a good spot to be in. And the real question mark here on this game is Alex Smith playing for the Washington football team. If he is, it's one of those things where you have to consider taking the Washington football team against the spread. It looks like he's not going to be, though. Um, and so I have to, I'm going to take Seattle and you look at other players that are questionable for Washington, Antonio Gibson, Peyton Barber, and Jonathan Allen for their defensive line. Like those are some big guys, uh, that are parts of this offense and defense that, you know, can make a difference for them. And when you look at Seattle, I said it a couple weeks ago, this might be the first time in like three or four years where they go in the playoffs with their actual running backs. You know what I mean? They're not having to scrape or struggle and stress out to find a guy to come in and be like, please be ready to roll for the playoffs. This is a different Seahawks team at this point in the year. And their loss that they had to the Giants a couple weeks ago, you know, Trees, you mentioned the wake-up call that the Titans had against the Bears. That's what it was for the Seahawks as well. I know they played the Jets last week, but they completely dismantled any remaining hope that team even thought they might have started to build up with the close game they had against the Raiders. I mean, they literally had got to bench the starters on offense with like four minutes left in the third quarter or something like that. It was ridiculous. That's how bad of a blow it was. Uh, I also am taking Seattle here, and it is strictly because – I mean, not strictly, but it made it very easy because I don't think Alex Smith plays. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, we'll see on Thursday if he does practice or not. Uh, that's a bigger day than Wednesday, but I kind of just think that they play it safe and – uh, sit him out this week because I think Washington understands that they are going to be in first place after next week, no matter what, a win or loss. The teams, if the Giants beat win against the Browns, they'd still have the same record, and Washington has the tiebreaker. So no matter what, they're still in first place in that division. So I think that it's like, okay, this is the game we can lose, and then we have to go into the final couple weeks, like ready to go the final two weeks we have to win some games so uh play it safe there and don't play alex smith basically so i'll take seattle uh let's make this one short and sweet jets we just talked about them got their ass kicked they play the rams we're both in love with the rams but the number is high 17 points it is a very very high number um honestly so high that you it makes you want to take the jets just because the number's so high but i'm still not going to i'm still going to take the rams (laughs) yeah uh, sorry, I started laughing that hard because I look at this matchup predictor and it's cut the Rams at 
That might be the highest number I've ever seen on that. <laughs> I'm just I'm taking the Rams as well. They literally have one person on their injury report, and it's Robert Woods who's questionable. They're going to have so much fun against the Jets. This is the week where you can just throw out the craziest thing to see if it might work and see how the defense responds to it and how your offense executes and just go have some fun because you're favored by 17 and a half or 17 points. That's just nuts. I'm, I'm taking the Rams all the way. Sorry, I'm not giving any more deep analysis on this. I'm just stunned at how bad the Jets have freaking been this year. Yeah. They're uh, averaging 14 points a game. Yeah, it's so bad. It is so bad. Um, another bit, you got to expect another big, um, big game from the running game. Sorry, I was just trying to say how I was going to makers. Cam makers, but just running game in general, though, because I think Malcolm Brown has a good game. I, I'm sure that Henderson has some big rushes. Um, I would just expect all three running backs to have an impact. But, uh, yeah, Cam makers specifically, obviously, coming off the 170-yard game uh, last week on Thursday night, you got to expect that him go over 100 again. Most definitely. Uh, and before we go into our next one, I want to go back to Washington real quick because uh, we're really flying through this episode, it feels like. Um do you think Alex Smith is the quarterback in Washington next year? Or do you think they move on from him? I if think they win the division and host a playoff game. If if they win the division, they have to stick with Alex Smith, I think. Because you were not in the lead when he became the starting quarterback. And then yeah. he comes in and then you end up going on a run. Um Honestly, it would be, I mean, a dream scenario for them is to get a guy like Zach Wilson out of BYU, right? And, like, let him sit behind Alex Smith. Like, everybody wants to do the comparison of Patrick Mahomes. That is not true, everybody, and I, I, it, it drives me insane when I see that. But like, you old it, Mormon Mahomes, you don't like it? I absolutely hate that. And I am not Mormon for the record, and I absolutely hate that. Um, but uh, I think that Alex Smith has proven that he has success grooming quarterbacks up. Like, hey, sit behind me. I'll teach you how to be a pro. I can teach you in the, you know, in the film room and all that stuff. And be like, yeah, you probably have more physical skill than I do. Um, and that's why they drafted you, and I understand that. But let me show you how you can be successful. Like I've taken how many teams to the playoffs and deep, deep runs in the playoffs. So um, I think that'd be an awesome fit right there. I mean, all you have to do is be like, hey, you heard of that Patrick Mahomes guy? He's welcome. And then you just go about doing your thing if you're Alex Smith. Yeah, but it's not even just that. I mean, like, look what he did for Kaepernick as well. And Kaepernick had a great run. Like, it yeah. obviously, it was only a two-year run, two, three-year run. But, like, that success didn't come just because Kaepernick is Kaepernick. Like, Alex Smith had to show him something. So. And you're exactly right. Uh, let's move on now. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles playing the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are favored by six and a half. I'm going to take the Eagles. Just because Arizona's kind of been all over the place the last couple of weeks. And the Eagles, the way they played with Jalen Hurts, there there was a clear spark. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure that I'm more comfortable with the thought of this. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover. Now, the Cardinals might win this game, but I don't think it's going to be by more than a touchdown. Like the way the defense decided to play against the Saints last week, they're going to be able if they're containing Taysom Hill and the receiving weapons 
of the Saints, they can do the same thing here against the Arizona Cardinals, or at least they should be able to in a way um, if you're doing it to the Saints. Now, this is not me saying Taysom Hill is better than Kyler Murray, so please do not take it that way because the look that I just got from Justin Trees kind of makes me think that's what he thought, and that's not what I'm saying, so stop it. Uh, Now I feel like a crazy son of a bitch. I'm sticking with the Eagles, though. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Eagles. That was an interesting take right there because you basically were saying that the Saints' offensive skill weapons are as good as the Cardinals. Yes, Michael Thomas is very good, but you're the first one to say that all he does is run slants. Like that's like you are the conductor of that train of he only yep. runs slants. Uh, obviously, Alan Kamara is great, but other than that, like Emmanuel Sanders isn't that good. Cook is not that good. Taysom Hill is not that good. Kyler Murray, for a long time, was the favorite to win the MVP the first, like, six weeks of the season. Uh, Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers. Christian Kirk, huge deep threat. Larry Fitzgerald, still playing ball. Uh, Arnold is actually somewhat okay all of a sudden at tight end. He is uh, getting open. You had Drake in your top five running backs. Yep. So, but you are still sticking to the Saints' offensive skill weapons are as good as the Cardinals' offensive. I'm, weapons. I'm not saying they're as good. That's what I was trying to say. Stop to you earlier when you're giving me that, that shit-eating smirk on your face that is reappearing. Is if the Eagles are able to find a way to contain that and have a big enough spark on offense to keep moving the ball down the field with the weapons that are coming back and healthy, they're doing that against the Saints. They can't do it against the Cardinals because the Saints are clearly the best team in the NFC record-wise, outside of the Packers. They are clearly the best team in the NFC, besides the Packers. And, by the way, we also like two teams in the a- NFC West more than them as well. So they're Stop actually it. Second- <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm picking the Eagles, damn it. That's it, Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> um, so I actually... <laughs> with all that being said, I actually want to take the Eagles as well because the Cardinals can't stop the run. Like they are, I think bottom ten to twelve in the uh, stop in the run, and obviously we just saw what the Eagles could do with Hertz and Sanders. Uh, I'm with you. The Cardinals still win, but do they win by a touchdown? Um, I feel like I can't take the Eagles after all the shit I just gave you right there, so I will take the Cardinals to cover this six and a half point spread, and that's me. Just put my foot down more than anything. Um, but just don't forget, everybody. Austin loves the Saints playmakers. All of them. Besides their top two guys. Yep. I love it when you put words in my mouth. <laughs> my favorite pastime, honestly. I mean, I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You really are. Uh, our next matchup, the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints. Kansas City is actually favored by three. Uh, there is a possibility that Drew Brees comes back this week. I kind of have a feeling that he doesn't. Um, the only concern I have is Alvin Kamara versus this Chiefs uh, linebacking core. Unless the Chiefs decide to put Willie Gay on Alvin Kamara and just say, hey, spy him, and if he catches the ball, get to him and tackle him, because that's the Chiefs' most athletic linebacker. Uh, maybe they do the same thing with Daniel Sorensen, who is a safety linebacker type guy uh, for Kansas City. Ultimately, though, I am going to take the Chiefs to win. The over-under on this game is a 51-and-a-half. I would smash the over because if Drew Brees does return for the Saints and he is getting the ball off to, you know, Cook and Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas and, um, and Alvin Kamara in the 
you know, underneath in the flat. The Chiefs are going to be defense is going to be all over the place, and I don't I'm not sure which one we're going to get. I don't know if that defensive line is going to be able to get pressure. Um, but let's say they are, and Drew Brees is playing. How does he react to that? Because you do have Frank Clark coming after you. You do have Chris Jones getting interior pressure, and we all know Drew Brees is not a mobile quarterback. And with the rib injuries that he has and the punctured, or excuse me, the punctured lung, punctured lung is what I about said there. Uh, it's one of those concerns of where's he at mentally with it. You know, is he still going to be able to hold and stand tall in the pocket, even though he is considered a shorter quarterback? Is he going to be willing to stand in there now and still deliver a strike and take a shot? Probably not. And if he's not able to, like the Chiefs are going to be able to take, you know, key off on that and take advantage of it if they can get pressure. So there is some question marks on what the Saints could do, but we know what this Chiefs offense is capable of. We've seen the defense improve lately. I'm taking the Chiefs to win this. So I actually think it is a negative thing for the Saints if Drew Brees plays this week. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the Chiefs are very good at stopping the pass. They, I think they're ranked 10th in the NFL in stopping the pass. But they were ranked like 24th, I think, 24th, 25th, at stopping the run. So if you were bad at that, wouldn't you want Taysom Hill to be in there and – trying to get some QB powers and trying to get Kamara going. Maybe you just realized, holy shit, look at this read option that the Eagles just did on us. Maybe we should put that into our arsenal and start doing that a little bit more um, and attack these aggressive defensive ends that you guys have. Um, So I actually think that is a very negative thing for uh, Breeze to play this week. Not long-term, like once you're in the playoffs and everything, you want Breeze playing. I'm just saying in this matchup, it might be better. Um, especially because you've obviously had Taysom Hill playing for the last like three or four weeks. Like, do you want to switch that up? Like your, your chemistry is there right now. Um, so one more week I think makes sense. So, um, most definitely, um, with another note in this game is the chiefs offensive line is super banged up. Uh, Eric Fisher might be out or had a back tighten up Mike Rimmers, their backup right tackle. Who's been playing for Mitchell Schwartz also has a tight back. So there's a possibility the chiefs have, you know, third string tackles playing uh, to p- protect Patrick Mahomes against this pass rush of the Saints. So that's another thing uh, to keep an eye on for this game. Also a very good point there. Um, it's funny because we say all these negative things and yet we both are taking the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Um, Love it. Do you think if they have the all those linemen out, how does that change the offense in your opinion? They're going to run the ball early on. They're going to run it like crazy, and then they're just going to do the RPOs all the way down the field with Mahomes. Like, Sammy Watkins could have a huge game this week. Do you think they actually do run the ball, though? Because, like, yes, obviously the Saints allowed, like, 220 rushing yards last week. But, again, they'd gone 66 games in a row before that, not allowing a 100-yard rusher. Like, wouldn't you just say – Let's just put this in Patty's hands and just like let him just do quick, you know, quick dink and dunk plays. And then eventually you'll get somebody on a double move. I mean, most definitely. But you also have to realize like how good this Saints secondary is like in their corners are physical. And, you know, if you have guys being physical at the line of scrimmage against a Tyreek Hill um, and a McCall Hardman and a Sammy Watkins and they're not able to get, you know, 
a breaker separation on those inside type of routes to get the ball out quickly, they're going to struggle with that. And the linebackers for the Saints are pretty athletic too. So I think the Chiefs are going to be put in a position of like, all right, we have linemen starting at positions that they're not used to starting right now in the NFL. We're going to have to make this simple. We're going to have to get them rolling and let them feel comfortable in this game before we just say, hey, uh, pass protect for Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarter, or the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Who I about said something there. <laughs> Did. You almost said that. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's an interesting take right there. Um, I mean, the fact that you're going to have to protect the greatest quarterback in franchise history, yeah, that's quite that's quite a task. That's such a good save there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Saints number two in defense against the run, but they're number, like, five or six against the pass. So, um, I mean, it really is pick your poison there. This would be the week, so, because, again, everybody cares about my fantasy shit. Um I'm facing I'm facing a guy that has CEH. Um, the last time I faced him, CEH had two touchdowns, and I'm like, of course, this will be another game that they decide. Well, no, it's time to run the ball again. Um, yeah. So I I hope that it turns into one of those huge passing games again, and they just go, let's go away from the run, or they finally say, eh, maybe Le'Veon Bell's the answer here. Maybe with this, That's actually, what, this offensive line, like you need to be a little bit more patient. Maybe Le'Veon Bell is actually the answer this week. That's what I was going to mention is, you know, which running back is going to be more involved in the passing game this week. So Patrick Mahomes can get the ball out of his hand quickly if this offensive line is unable to protect. Maybe it's Le'Veon Bell. Maybe it's Clyde Edwards-Lair. Whatever one's rolling is going to be the one that keeps getting the ball. Let's get into our Sunday night game. The Cleveland Browns are playing the New York Giants in New York slash New Jersey, wherever that stadium is at. Cleveland's favored by four, though, and I'm going to take it. Uh, the Giants, they had a disappointing you know, lost last week in their matchup against the Cardinals is like their offensive line just completely forgot how to block. And sometimes that is just part of it. But it looks like Daniel Jones is still dealing with that leg injury um, and might not play or, you know, just might not be a healthy Daniel Jones if he does decide to play. So looking at this matchup, I just think it's got the Browns written all over it. They're going to be able to run the ball very well. Uh, they're the way Baker Mayfield is playing, if he's still throwing the ball in the secondary, he's going to have himself a heyday. The Browns went big in prime time. 100% agree there. Uh, I'm taking the Browns. Uh, I mean, they are going to get a whole bunch of people falling in love with them after this game. Like, you have that amazing game on Monday night, heartbreaking loss. You come back to another primetime game and you get a win. I think that this is going to shift a lot of bets the following week to – the Browns actually becoming higher in like the Super Bowl favorites just because people are betting on them. I think that's what's going to yep. happen. Um, I think you're exactly so, right. So if we go off of what you have currently, you have Washington losing, you have Giants losing, you have the Cowboys winning, and then you also have the who else is there? Washington. You went with Seattle. Okay. The Eagles. So, Oh, and sorry, and the Eagles. And so do you think the Eagles win or do you have them just covering? Covering. Okay, so you have the Cowboys, the only team winning in that division. So if we go off of that, what happens? That means Cowboys go to one game behind Washington. Eagles go to last place in that division. Yeah, okay. So you think that Giants and Dallas will then be – tied with one game behind Washington going into the final two weeks. Make it a little bit interesting. It sure would. And then the Eagles are sitting right there at the bottom. Yep. 
All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, moving on, we have the Steelers at the Bengals Monday night. Man, a little over a month ago, we were all excited about this game. Steelers undefeated, playing great. You got Joey Burrow starting to get stuff going for the Bengals. Now this offensive line is just missing everything. Offensive line, offensive weapons, everything. Um, 13 points is the spread, though. That is a huge number, but Steelers have come off of two very tough losses. Uh, I will take the Steelers to cover this at 13 points. I don't care that it's that high. I'm going to as well. And everything you said about, like, you know, the excitement for this game, hopefully they put this game in primetime next year when Joey Burrow is healthy, you know, and back, and Joe Mixon's healthy. And we know if A.J. Green is back with the Bengals, most likely not going to be. But, you know, you look at the injury report for the Bengals. Geno Atkins has been added to the IR. Brandon Allen is questionable. Their starting quarterback last week. It just, it's not looking good. Pittsburgh's dropped back-to-back games. This is an opportunity for you to just lay it on a division team and get things back on track and get rolling and ready for the playoffs because your mindset hasn't been there with the way you've been playing. It's been lackadaisical. Uh, It's been undisciplined type football. Excuse me, for the Steelers as well. This is an opportunity and chance for them to kind of get back on track and show everyone like, yeah, uh, we're the real deal. You need to start worrying about us again. But the thing is, it's the Bengals. Are people really going to think that? Yeah, uh, you brought up Geno Atkins. I mean, his career with the Bengals is done, I think, at this point. I think they, they got to let him go. I think his salary cap is just too big next year for like what they actually used him for this year. So uh, he is going to be one of my favorite free agents to track where he ends up at because I, I still think that he's a great player. He still has plenty left in the tank. So uh, I very much, with him being his whole career with Cincinnati, I fully expect him to uh, – probably take a pay cut and go to a contender and make a huge difference. Yep. 100%. Uh, Let's get into our player prop bets here Uh, for the Sunday night game between the Browns and the Giants. Baker Mayfield trees over or under 235 passing yards. I'm going to go under. Ooh. I think that they run the ball well enough that he doesn't need to have 235 passing yards. Uh, I think it's pretty close, obviously. That's why I put the number here. But I'll go with under, but I still think he has multiple touching uh, passing touchdowns. All right. Well, hey, I'm so far behind on this player prop bet that it really doesn't matter. Uh, so I'm going to take the over. I think he has a big game passing. Him and Rashad Higgins have been tearing it up. And they know the run game works, but Baker Mayfield, he's got to show everyone that, hey, I can throw the ball too, and you're going to have to respect me um, in this element of my game too when you come and face the Cleveland Browns, so I'm going to take the over. Uh, Nick Chubb, 90 rushing yards. Trace, what are you going here? Over. Easy. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to take the under because I think this is a Kareem Hunt type of game. If Baker Mayfield's going to have over 235 passing yards, he's got to throw to somebody. It's most likely going to be Kareem Hunt uh, in any of those other receiving weapons that he has, like a Javaris Landry with 62 passing yards. Trees, what are you taking? Um, I will take the Man, this one's tough. Um, I'll take the over, barely. Uh, I'll take the over on Jarvis Landry, 62 receiving yards. All right, and I'm going to take the under here just due to the fact that it's Kareem Hunt's game. This He's playing the New York Giants. 
bam, there it is. Javaris Landry. I mean, the, the relationship that he's built with Rashad Higgins, and I'm talking about Baker Mayfield, has been very impressive. Um, they've had a lot of good targets and receiving uh, touchdowns as well with Higgins and Mayfield. And Javaris is really just one of those guys who's going to catch the ball. And that's it. He's a possession type receiver. That's what makes him so good. Next, the quarterback for the New York Giants, whoever it is, whether it's Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones. I started over my words there. 225 passing yards. Trish, what do you think? I need to like stop doing these numbers because they're too close. Uh, I will take – I'm going to take the over because of garbage points. So I uh, think it's going to be close, but I'll take the over. And I'm going to take the under because I think Miles Garrett is just getting consistent pressure. Uh, Olivier Vernon coming back to the place where he was playing football before being traded. Uh is going to have himself a heyday against this team. And he's going to show this city and the organization, like, look what you're missing out on here because uh, I'm coming after it. Whether it is Cole or it is Daniel Jones, uh, they're not going to have themselves a good day in the backfield. Wayne Gallman, though, running back for the Giants, 62 rushing yards is what Treese has it listed. Are you going over or under for Gallman? I'm going to take the over. Man. Oh, you're driving me insane. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to – I'm taking the over on this one as well. Just due to the fact that I think he has been playing very well, and it's about the only weapon they have when running the ball, and they're not going to be able to pass too much, so they're just going to have to stick with it. And I think this is where they get those garbage yards there at the end of the game, and maybe even a garbage touchdown too. Super late. Next receiving weapon for the Giants, Sterling Shepard, 68 receiving yards. You going over or under, Trees? Uh, I'm taking the under on this one. Uh, gut feeling is it's more of a because of that pass rush that you were just talking about, I think it's going to be more of a dump off to tight ends and to uh, running backs. And that's how he's going to, they're going to get majority of their passing yards. Awesome. And I'm going to take the over actually, just due to the fact that I think he can take one of those slants and maybe, you know, get just enough of a step or separation where he's able to get up to field a couple of times. Um, and eventually hit that 85, 86 yard uh, receiving mark here against the Browns. So look at us and the differences here on the player prop bets, more of just like a, Hope I hit him, fingers crossed, and all of a sudden I catch up and you're looking at next week like, oof, uh, I got to get some of these. It's a little bit closer than you'd like, you know, if I win all of them. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, if you won all of them, you would cut your the lead in half. So that would exactly. be nice for you. Um, and let's also not forget, uh, do you need my Venmo, by the way, for our $10 bet that we had on that uh, Browns-Ravens game? What Remind me what that bet was. Uh, who won the game, Ravens or Browns? I thought we had the spread. And the spread was one point when we did when we did this. Mm. I'll send you the ten dollars. And even and even if it wasn't, I would have won the I would have won the spread too because it was minus five. <laughs> Suck a dick. All right. <laughs> Freaking uh-huh. Lamar Jackson. I just wish you would have stayed in the bathroom. Listen. Sorry for that compliment. I'll mail you the ten dollars. Send me your address and I'll mail it to you. Listen, I'm not going to do that. Keep your $10. I'll hold it against you for a super long time. So then at one point we'll make another bet and I can just be like, okay, double or nothing. So um, just hold on to that. All right. I'll send it to you after the show. Okay, perfect. Um, All right. I think that does it for us. Um, I can't believe it's week 15, man. I really can't. Like this season's gone by so fast. It's absolutely absurd. Is there is there any point in the season that you look at it though and you're just like, damn, like you're just stunned? In what sense? 
just across the league, like a way a team's doing, who's doing bad. Like, is there anything that is just absolutely stunned to you? I mean, I'm stunned by the amount of injuries the Niners have had. Like, that's still, like, astonishing to me every time I look at their roster, and I'm just like, holy shit. Um, for how bad the Cowboys are, to be honest, like, I mean, we both had them winning the division. So, and yeah. now we're talking them, like, top three to four pick. Um, let's see here. Dolphins have surprised me. I know a lot of people had them being good this year. I did not. I think I even said that on this ep- on this podcast that I thought they were still another year away. So, um that's been a very interesting thing to see. Uh, I obviously didn't have the Packers doing well, but I thought that was just more because they couldn't win close games. Mm-hmm. That's still to be decided, to be honest. Uh, they're just blowing everybody out. <laughs> um, yeah. So good for them on that. I think those are the biggest ones for me. What about you? Uh, I mean, you took it right there with the injuries to the 49ers, the disappointing season with the Cowboys, even though they've lost Dak. Um, and the Packers were the other one for me, which just due to the the issues of, you know, the games that they did win last year to go 13-3, there were so many close ones. And then they get to the playoffs and they laid an egg in the NFC Championship game. And this year it's just, I mean, you can tell they're men on a mission. You know what I mean? They're pissed off with the way last year ended. And then even with the draft, you know, the first two rounds, first three picks pretty much, just like, are you fucking serious? Like those are the guys you're going with for the future of this franchise to help your team out? After you just lost in the NFC Championship game, yeah. hell, what? Who the hell? What do we know? You know what I mean? They're sitting here thirteen and three. Aaron Rodgers, maybe that was the motivation he needed was for them to draft a backup quarterback or quarterback of the future because dude's about to win the MVP. Uh, I think the other surprise for me is the Washington Football Team. Um, I knew it was going to be more of like an exper- experimental year with Ron Rivera coming in as the head coach, but. He's still done a good job, and Alex Smith taking over and coming back, getting to play. Clearly, comeback player of the year. Um, so for me, that's it's pretty nice to see that you know him being a former Chief. And then the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought they were going to be one of those dark horse teams that you know just kind of flew underneath the radar, kept getting their way down the field, you know, winning close games, you know, having some upsets. And I know they won the division last year, so it's hard to fly underneath the radar, but. I was kind of hoping they would do that, and I was hoping Carson Wentz would have himself a good season too with those weapons. And it's just been the exact opposite for that team the last two years. They just they can't stay healthy. And the couple years that Carson Wentz has been healthy, they've just failed around him, and now he's not even the starting quarterback for him. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I think that does it for us today. So we appreciate all you guys. Hope you guys have a great weekend watching some football. Uh, some. Awesome college games as well. A lot of the conference championship games are going to be great. And, again, don't forget, Saturday night, we got two NFL games. So, I mean, Thursday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, I mean, you're going to get them all. So, um, you guys have a good night, and we'll talk to you later. Tonight we've been talking football.